Decision Podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law. www.nypti.org law. Matter of Terence Stevens v. New York State Division of Criminal Justice Services, decided October 24, 2023. Wilson, Chief Judge, the issue before us is whether the legislature's grant of rulemaking authority to the Commission on Forensic Sciences was sufficient to authorize the Commission's promulgation of the familial DNA search regulations, codified at 9 NICRA 6192.1 and 6192.3. We hold that it was. 1. In 1994, cognizant of the promises and perils of the emerging use of DNA technology in law enforcement, the legislature took a measured but significant step by enacting the DNA Data Bank Act. The Data Bank Act served a dual purpose, it authorized the creation of the New York State Commission on Forensic Science and the DNA Subcommittee, as well as the establishment of the DNA Identification Index. The DNA Data Bank is a statewide DNA identification record system containing DNA collected from designated offenders, individuals who are required to provide DNA samples after being convicted of certain statutorily enumerated crimes. The Commission and DNA Subcommittee are independent oversight agencies with different functions. The DNA Subcommittee, composed solely of scientists, is granted certain responsibilities, among them, the sole authority to grant, deny, review or modify a DNA forensic laboratory accreditation. The Commission, composed mostly of non-scientists, is charged with promulgating a policy for the establishment and operation of a DNA identification index consistent with the operational requirements and capabilities of the Division of Criminal Justice Services, DCJS, including the methodologies used in compiling the index, safeguards for accuracy and security, the promulgation of written agreements specifying the terms of access, use and prohibitions against redisclosure of any information obtained from the databank the designation of one or more approved methodologies for the performance of DNA testing, and the promulgation of standards for determination of a match between DNA records in the databank and DNA records submitted for comparison therewith. The Databank Act provides strict guidelines on the approved uses of databank information, and authorizes the Commission to develop and promulgate regulations concerning the release of genetic and identifying information stored in the databank in compliance with those guidelines directing the Commission to develop and promulgate policy concerning the release and disclosure databank information, including when to release the identity of a match, authorizing the release of databank information to law enforcement agencies and district attorneys' offices for law enforcement identification purposes upon submission of a DNA record in connection with the investigation of one or more crimes. After the Databank Act was adopted, the Commission created an implementation plan and promulgated a set of regulations governing the use of the databank, including the definition of a genetic match, policies limiting the disclosure of genetic and identifying information contained in the databank, and policies authorizing the release of identifying information to law enforcement. The Commission's initial regulations permitted the New York State Division of Criminal Justice Services, DCJS, to release information contained within the databank to law enforcement when a databank search yielded a direct match, i.e., when the alleles in the core loci of a DNA sample recovered from a crime scene are the same as those in a DNA sample contained in the databank, see Partial Match Policy for the DNA Databank, Partial Match Policy, currently, when a crime scene DNA sample is submitted to a New York State Forensic Laboratory. Laboratory officials report only if the sample matches a particular individual in the state's DNA databank. Direct matches strongly indicate that the two samples are likely from the same individual. 
Partial matches, on the other hand, are near hits, matches in which alleles at the core loci in two DNA samples, one retrieved from the databank, and one retrieved from a crime scene, are not the same but share a high number of matching alleles. Such near hits may greatly limit the pool of potential suspects, though they can indicate many things. A near hit might suggest that the person in the databank is a close blood relative of the person whose DNA sample was found at the crime scene, but it might also indicate that the sample found at the crime scene was partially degraded or contained a mixture of multiple people's DNA. After four years of deliberation, in 2010 the Commission promulgated a partial match rule which, subject to certain restrictions, authorized the release of partial match information to law enforcement. The 2010 partial match regulations did not permit familial DNA searches. A familial DNA search is essentially an intentional search for partial matches, as opposed to the unintentional partial match system previously created. To conduct a familial search, the DCJS and the State Combined DNA Index System CODIS, laboratory used the Denver Familial Search Software, a specialized computer program, to look for a close partial match between sampled DNA gathered from a crime scene, and DNA profiles in the databank. The search generates a list of candidates based on kinship statistics to indicate potential biologically related individuals. The Commission determined and established kinship threshold values for familial searches, meaning how closely related the individuals must be to return a family match to report to law enforcement. In 2017, the DNA subcommittee submitted to the Commission a recommendation to authorize familial DNA searches. The recommendation authorized familial DNA searches, subject to stringent restrictions regarding when such searches were to be permitted and practices on how law enforcement may request them. The Commission adopted the DNA subcommittee's recommendation. After a period of notice and comment, on October 18, 2017, the DCJS formally adopted the recommendation as part of formal familial DNA search, FDS, regulations. Under the FDS regulations, law enforcement officers wishing to conduct a familial search must first determine that, for a DNA sample collected at a crime scene, there is not a match or a partial match to an existing sample in the DNA databank. Law enforcement may not request a familial search unless the crime under investigation is one of a statutorily enumerated list of crimes or presents a significant public safety threat. The agency must also demonstrate that before requesting a familial DNA search, they have conducted reasonable investigative efforts, or else that exigent circumstances exist. Before the results of a search are released, the requesting agency must comply with several conditions, including confirming in writing that the information is sought for investigatory law enforcement purposes only and will be treated only as an investigative lead and completing mandatory training regarding the limitations of familial search, guidance on how to best evaluate leads, and the confidentiality requirements. There is no provision in the FDS for an identified relative to be notified and or challenge the search before law enforcement officials may proceed with an investigation based on a familial match from the databank. Petitioners Terence Stevens and Benjamin Joseph are two black men living New York who have never been convicted of a crime. Each has a brother whose genetic information has been collected and stored in the DNA databank as the result of a felony conviction, in accordance with databank act requirements. Mr. Stevens and Mr. Joseph brought this CLPR Article 78 proceeding against respondents the DCJS, the Commission, DCJS Executive Deputy Commissioner and Commission Chairman Michael C. Green, and the DNA Subcommittee alleging, among other claims, that respondents lacked statutory authority to promulgate the FDS regulations and therefore violated the separation of powers doctrine under the New York Constitution. Respondents denied petitioners' allegations and asserted that petitioners lacked standing to challenge the FDS regulations. Supreme Court held that petitioners had standing to bring their Article 78 petition, 
but denied the petition on the merits, determining that it was a proper exercise of the Commission's statutory authority to promulgate the FDS regulations. The appellate division, with two justices dissenting on standing, reversed Supreme Court's judgment, granted the petition, and annulled the FDS regulations. Respondents appealed as of right, and we now reverse the appellate division's order and hold that the Commission had the statutory authority to promulgate the FDS regulations. 2. A petitioner challenging government agency action pursuant to an Article 78 petition has the burden of demonstrating an injury in fact and that the alleged injury falls within the zone of interests or concerns sought to be promoted or protected by the statutory provision under which the government has acted in order to have standing to challenge that action, matter of mental hygiene legal services. V. Daniels, quoting New York State Association of Nurse Anesthetists v. Novello, see also matter of Derry Lee Coop. V. Walkley. The injury in fact requirement necessitates a showing that the party has an actual legal stake in the matter being adjudicated and has suffered a cognizable harm that is not tenuous, ephemeral, or conjectural but is sufficiently concrete and particularized to warrant judicial intervention, Daniels, see also matter of association for a better Long Island. Incorporated v. New York State Department of Environmental Conservation while the requirement of injury in fact for standing purposes is closely aligned with our policy not to render advisory opinions, Society of Plastics Industry v. County of Suffolk, we have also cautioned that standing rules should not be applied in an overly restrictive manner where the result would be to completely shield a particular action from judicial review, matter of Sierra Club v. Village of Painted Post, quoting matter of association for a better Long Island Incorporated. Although the injury in fact here is unusual, it is cognizable. Because each petitioner has a brother whose DNA is stored in the databank, he has a unique risk of being identified through the databank and targeted for police scrutiny because of his familial relationship and shared genetic material, Society of Plastics Industry. Under these particular circumstances, that risk is not founded on impermissible layers of speculation, Novello. Similarly, petitioners have demonstrated that their injury falls within the concerns the legislature sought to advance or protect by the statute, Society of Plastics Industry. Zone of interests requirement assures that groups whose interests are only marginally related to, or even inconsistent with, the purposes of the statute cannot use the courts to further their own purposes at the expense of the statutory purposes. By limiting the number of individuals whose DNA could be maintained in the database, the legislature demonstrated an intent to concomitantly limit the number of individuals whose information could be obtained from the databank. Our standing rules help courts separate the tangible from the abstract or speculative injury and the genuinely aggrieved from the judicial dilettante or amorphous claimant, Saratoga County Chamber of Commerce v. Pataki. Here, petitioners have identified a genuine injury. 3. On the merits, this appeal presents two straightforward questions. A. Does the legislature have the power to delegate rulemaking authority over familial DNA searches to the commission? And B. Did the legislature do so? The court unanimously agrees that the legislature has that power. The disagreement is whether the Databank Act granted the Commission the authority to promulgate the FDS regulations. We hold that it did so. Although the Appellate Division examined the factors laid out in Borealai v. Axelrod, that case has no application here. Interpretation of the Databank Act to determine whether the regulations fall within the scope of the statute's grant of regulatory authority is a pure question of statutory interpretation. A. New York Constitution, Article V. Section 3 expressly provides that the legislature may from time to time assign by law new powers and functions to commissions. Although the legislature cannot pass on its lawmaking functions to other bodies, matter of Levine v. Whalen, there is a large field in which the legislature may certainly delegate to others powers which the legislature may rightfully exercise itself, 
Matter of Trustees of Ville of Saratoga Springs v. Saratoga Gas, Electric Light and Power Company. The legislature may constitutionally confer discretion upon an administrative agency, or a commission, if it limits the field in which that discretion is to operate and provides standards to govern its exercise, matter of Levine. So long as the legislature stays within those confines, it enjoys great flexibility in delegating rulemaking powers to administrative agencies in order to meet its policy-making ends. In fact, this flexibility is necessary to the lawmaking process. Duly enacted statutes, including those pertaining to administrative action, enjoy a presumption of constitutionality, see matter of County of Cheming v. Shaw. We note that the Commission has promulgated regulations governing both full and partial DNA matches and has done so without challenge to the legislature's power to delegate rulemaking authority concerning access to, operation of, and restrictions on dissemination of information derived from the databank. The Commission's original regulations define matches as direct matches, where the sample matched the record in the databank with an extremely high degree of certainty. Because the Databank Act delegated to the Commission the authority to determine what constituted a match, a claim that the legislature lacked the power to delegate rulemaking authority in this area to the Commission cannot turn on the particular definition of match chosen by the Commission. b. The only real question on this appeal is whether the legislative grant of authority in the Databank Act delegated to the Commission the power to issue regulations concerning access to and use of the information stored in the databank. The legislature's policy determinations and limiting guidelines are evident from the plain text of the Databank Act and its structure. Although the petitioners characterize the statutory authorization to promulgate forensic DNA policy as granted to or shared with the DNA subcommittee, a small group of mostly out-of-state scientists, and complain that the legislature could not have intended to delegate to such people the promulgation of rules as to the purposes for which the databank could be accessed, the statutory scheme is not as petitioners describe it. The DNA subcommittee has a narrowly prescribed mandate, to provide the commission with specialized expertise on the science of DNA forensics. The DNA subcommittee's authority to promulgate binding recommendations to the commission is limited to specifically enumerated, highly technical areas pertaining to testing standards and accreditation. Our dissenting colleagues point to subcommittee, not commission, minutes that describe its recommendation to adopt the FDS regulations as binding. But the Attorney General at oral argument stated that those recommendations were not treated by the Commission as binding and, in any event, petitioners have not challenged the adoption of the regulations based on that alleged procedural error. Regardless, the Databank Act expressly confines the subcommittee's authority to promulgate a binding recommendation to narrowly delineated topics. In contrast, the Databank Act authorizes the Commission to promulgate a policy for the establishment and operation of a DNA identification index consistent with the operational requirements and capabilities of the DCJS. Unlike the DNA subcommittee, the Commission is composed of a diverse array of 14 criminal justice stakeholders including the Commissioner of the DCJS, the Commissioner of the Department of Health, and 12 additional members appointed by the Governor, almost all of whom either are determined ex officio or must first be nominated by others. Of the 12 appointed members, a. One member shall be the chair of the New York State Crime Laboratory Advisory Committee. b. One member shall be the director of a forensic laboratory located in New York State. c. One member shall be the director of the Office of Forensic Services within the DCJS. d. Two members shall be a scientist having experience in the areas of laboratory standards or quality assurance regulation and monitoring and shall be appointed upon the recommendation of the Commissioner of Health. e. One member shall be a representative of a law enforcement agency and shall be appointed upon the recommendation of the Commissioner of Criminal Justice Services. F. 
one member shall be a representative of prosecution services who shall be appointed upon the recommendation of the Commissioner of Criminal Justice Services. g. One member shall be a representative of the Public Criminal Defense Bar who shall be appointed upon the recommendation of an organization representing public defense services. h. One member shall be a representative of the Private Criminal Defense Bar who shall be appointed upon the recommendation of an organization of such bar. i. Two members shall be members at large, one of whom shall be appointed upon the recommendation of the temporary President of the Senate, and one of whom shall be appointed upon the recommendation of the Speaker of the Assembly, and j. One member, who shall be an attorney or judge with a background in privacy issues and biomedical ethics, shall be appointed upon the recommendation of the Chief Judge of the Court of Appeals. The composition of the Commission shows that the legislature carefully delineated between the DNA subcommittee, which was composed of experts to provide scientific standards, and the Commission, which was entrusted with the promulgation of non-scientific regulations concerning when and by whom requests for matches could be made, what information could be released, what measures would be required to ensure data security, and how to balance the need for legitimate uses of the information with privacy interests. Consistent with the distinction between the Commission and the DNA subcommittee, the Commission is also charged with designating one or more approved methodologies for the performance of forensic DNA testing. The executive law defines DNA testing methodology to include not only methods and procedures used to extract and analyze DNA material but also the methods, procedures, assumptions, and studies used to draw statistical inferences from the test results. Most importantly, the Act gives the Commission not the DNA subcommittee the authority to promulgate standards for a determination of a match between the DNA records contained in the State DNA Identification Index and a DNA record of a person submitted for comparison therewith. The statute clearly provides that the definition of match is to be determined by the Commission. If questions related to ethics, privacy, and the practical needs of prosecutors and criminal defense lawyers were not to figure into the determination of a match, but matches were to be constrained to a scientific determination only the statute would have been constructed in a completely different way. Crucially, in Executive Law Section 995c, 6, the legislature defined the limited purpose for which information in the databank could be used. DNA records contained in the State DNA Identification Index shall be released only for the following purposes. a. To a federal law enforcement agency, or to a state or local law enforcement agency or district attorney's office for law enforcement identification purposes upon submission of a DNA record in connection with the investigation of the commission of one or more crimes or to assist in the recovery or identification of specified human remains, including identification of missing persons, provided that there exists between the division and such agency a written agreement governing the use and dissemination of such DNA records in accordance with the provisions of this article. As the dissent observes, the legislature did not intend for the databank to be used for any purpose deemed appropriate by the Commission. But it did intend exactly what it stated in Section 995c, 6, the databank is to be used for law enforcement identification purposes. The dissent never claims that familial matching falls outside of that statutory authorization. Far from a standardless or overly amorphous grant of lawmaking authority of the sordid issue in Borelli. The legislature expressly defined the limited sphere in which the Commission was authorized to promulgate regulations concerning access to and use of information from the databank. The legislature restricted access to specified law enforcement offices, only when such offices had a written agreement with the DCJS, consistent with the provisions of the Databank Act, only when such offices submitted a DNA sample for comparison, and only for specified purposes, including the investigation of a crime. The challenged regulations implement and fully comply with the statutory mandate, including that the information released from the databank is done only when the request is in connection with the investigation of a crime, 
or the other two statutory purposes not at issue here. Indeed, as would be expected from the text of the Data Bank Act evidencing a legislative concern for the security and privacy of such information, the challenged FDS regulations sharply limit the universe of data that might be disclosed. In the absence of those regulations left purely to the statutory language nothing would restrict requests for familial searches to, for example, instances where a law enforcement agency had not attempted any other means to identify the perpetrator. The legislative history of the Data Bank Act further confirms that the legislature intended to delegate to the Commission the power to regulate access to and use of information in the Data Bank, and carefully considered the decision to task the Commission with the duty of safeguarding the sensitive genetic information therein. The legislature contemplated that the Commission would be authorized to promulgate DNA collection and analysis policies and directed the Commission to regulate access to the Data Bank. Given the clarity and specificity of the guidelines provided in the Data Bank Act, respondents acted within their delegated authority. The FDS regulations are a result of administrative rulemaking, not legislative policymaking, matter of independent ends. Agents and brokers of NY Incorporated v. New York State Department of Financial Services. Here, the legislature made the policy determination that New York State should have well-developed DNA testing programs to assist law enforcement, that the use of the information should be limited, and the data and results secure. To achieve those ends, it directed the Commission to promulgate rules and administer that program in accordance with the legislature's defined policy ends, including the protection of privacy interests. That the statute does not expressly mention familial searches is not pertinent. The statutory provisions cited above grant the Commission the power to determine what constitutes a match and to establish rules regarding use, dissemination, and confidentiality of information based on matches of DNA samples submitted by law enforcement. See for example Garcia v. New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene, holding that the Board of Health may require influenza vaccines even though influenza was not expressly listed among the vaccines required by statute. Matter of Levine. Statutory standards or guides need only be prescribed in so detailed a fashion as is reasonably practicable in light of the complexities of the particular area to be regulated, matter of Sullivan County Harness Racing Association v. Glasser, holding that the statutory authority granted to the Racing Commission to issue licenses only in the public interest, convenience or necessity and the best interests of racing generally properly allowed the Commission to condition a racetrack's license on the prohibition of televising races. Regulatory agencies are clothed with those powers expressly conferred by their authorizing statutes, as well as those required by necessary implication, matter of Acevedo v. New York State Department of Motor Vehicles. In general, agencies can adopt regulations that go beyond the text of, enabling, legislation, provided they are not inconsistent with the statutory language or its underlying purposes, matter of General Electric Capital Corporation. v. New York State Division of Tax Appeals, Tax Appeals Tribunal because the Data Bank Act charges the Commission with determining what constitutes a match and authorizes the Commission to promulgate regulations that balance the legislative purpose of aiding law enforcement through the use of the Data Bank with concerns about misuse and security of the Data Bank and results produced from it, we reject petitioners' challenge to the regulations governing familial searches. 4. Petitioners advance an alternative argument that the FDS regulations are arbitrary and capricious and request that we remand this case to the Appellate Division for consideration of that issue. Petitioners argue that respondents promulgated the FDS regulations without appropriate consideration of the potentially disproportionate impact of familial searches on black and Hispanic New Yorkers, and whether the investigatory benefit of using familial searches outweighs that potential disproportionate impact. In Article 78 proceedings, a court may not disturb an administrative action unless it finds no rational basis for the agency's action, 
or that the challenged action was arbitrary and capricious, see matter of Pell v. Board of Education of Union Free School District No. 1 of Towns of Scarsdale and Mamaroneck, Westchester County. Here, the record demonstrates that respondents promulgated the FDS regulations only after soliciting and receiving public comment and considering relevant issues, in accordance with their statutory obligations. Moreover, the regulations have, in practice, resulted in an extremely small number of familial search results provided to law enforcement agencies, about five per year which evidences the restrictiveness with which the FDS regulations were drawn to protect privacy interests. No abuse of discretion appears on this record. Accordingly, the order of the appellate division should be reversed, with costs, and the petition dismissed. Order reversed, with costs, and petition dismissed. Opinion by Chief Judge Wilson. Judges Garcia, Singhas and Canataro concur. Judge Lindley dissents in an opinion, in which Judges Troutman and Lynch concur. Judges Rivera and Halligan took no part. Decided October 24, 2023. Decision podcasts by the New York Prosecutors Training Institute are made possible by VoicePods. Convert your text to voice at voicepods.com. Read this decision at NIPT Law www.nypti.org slash law